space, the final frontier. Well, not if Elon Musk has anything to say about it. Because we have a guy with the capability, the power, and the money to get us to Mars by 2030. Is it insane? I don't know. But we're going to talk about it on this week's breakdown. My name is Zane. I am Todd Mitchell. Josh. That was a nice intro, by the way. Thank you. I liked yeah. it. Many, many spoofy. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about... We could talk about a lot of things on this subject. We could go into Elon Musk. Uh, we could go into privatized space industry. We could go into why NASA doesn't do what they used to do, and NASA in general. But we're going to focus on SpaceX and primarily on SpaceX's mission to get to Mars by 2030. Because I'm going to be honest, after reading, I could probably do another couple episodes just on SpaceX, then another couple episodes just on Elon Musk, then the privatized space industry, and then NASA. So let's try to keep it a little narrow here. Hmm. Good luck. <laughs> right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to snowball. So um, I guess the best place to start is kind of the history of uh, SpaceX. Uh, just a, a kind of a, I want to say a brief one, but who knows? Basically, so Elon Musk makes billions of dollars off of PayPal, right? Yep. Um, he had something else in there too, but Tesla. I, no, but before that, um, eBay. I no, no, eBay he, he he had like a payment software company which got sold to PayPal. Then he was part of PayPal, and then eBay bought out PayPal for everyone it. from PayPal. Yeah. So basically, instead of doing what a lot of people do when they make a billion dollars, what I would probably do, and buying an island and just chilling. Elon Musk is like, I'm going to fix the world, and I'm going to find ways to do it. Yep. And he doesn't necessarily, I'm sure, profit and making money is somewhere on his mind, but he basically just pumps tons of money into different projects. You mentioned Tesla, and I think his favorite one and his passion project and his baby is SpaceX, and he's, for he's, sure. been, he's been pretty the driving force for that. So he starts SpaceX in 2001-ish, right? Mm-hmm. And he has some people some rocket scientist, ex-NASA people, and he's like, what we need to do is get a rocket. So he's like, boom, we go to Russia, we're going to buy some old ICBMs, you know, it's, it's going to be cake. And literally, and this blows my mind, but a Russian scientist spit, and the, the, a couple articles I read was literally a Russian scientist spit on Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world, and told him he's an amateur, he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's never going to be able to do what he wants to do. Yeah, how insane is that? And, yeah, seriously. And then, um, what do they call it in uh, movies whenever you do like a real fast edit? Um, jump cut? Yeah. Jump cut to 14 years later. Nice. They launch and land a rocket. 14 years. It took NASA a decade, and they already had a head start. Like, they were already rolling to get to the moon. And this guy in 14 years went from nothing to getting a rocket, to getting a team, to getting everything he needed to getting a pad in the middle of the ocean to land on, launching a rocket and landing it back in 14 years. Well, it's amazing, too, because he because he, he looked at, like, the space industry and, like, all the technology that Russia has was all, like, literally built in the 60s. The rockets they have were built in the 60s. The rocket engines they have were built in the 60s. And even NASA, like, all the stuff that they use, it might be updated a little bit it might be made like in the last 20 to 30 years but it was designed it's all based off designs from the 60s so everything has like switches and dials and toggles but the stuff that spacex has you look inside and it's like it was designed by 
it's like stuff you see in the movies, like futuristic movies. Like it looks nice, it looks fancy, it has touch screens. Like it's mm-hmm. designed now. And that's why it took him so long. That's why they had failures was because he didn't want to use pre-existing technology. He got a bunch of guys together and he said, we're going to start from scratch and we're going to completely base all our new designs off of whatever you guys come up with. We're not going to use anything old. We're going to start from scratch. And it's funny because you say it took him so long and it, and, and it did. I mean, 14 years isn't, isn't a blink of an eye. But whenever I think about that, I think about he created, not only created a company, but did something that took countries decades to do mm-hmm. that some countries don't even have the capability of doing yet. Yeah. And they've had they've been doing it for China just launched stuff into space. Like just started doing this. Yeah. And they've been trying to do this for fifty years. Mm-hmm. In fourteen years he was able to get this all together, do it and and that's even more impressive because I didn't think about it like that. Not to not I mean, he basically would just you he used the bodies of the ICBMs. He didn't necessarily and those were only the first ones. Now they're completely manufacturing them, right? Yeah. And so so to to like do it how he wants it, updated and everything, it it, it just boggles my mind. And yeah, it, true. It, but it's not like he's jumping off. Like it's not like he was NASA in the fifties. Like he had the math that NASA had come up with that the Russians had come up with. It wasn't like he was starting from square one. You know what I mean? True. So and like he, I don't think it's like yeah, it's a feat. But like I don't know if it's that much of a feat that I mean, fourteen years is still quite a long time to start. I mean. I wouldn't know where to start to begin with, so I guess he he no, knew where to get the scientists and stuff. But he 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 started off with something. That yeah, was but already like out you there. you figure like the U.S. government in the '60s told NASA we're going to give you four percent of the entire government budget to get us to the moon. You're talking hundreds of billions of dollars pumped into the space program. Musk is was doing all of that just on his own personal wealth. And it wasn't just him using his own money to do SpaceX. He was also using his own money to do Tesla. He was also using his own money to do Solar City. Like he was overseeing three things all at the same well, time. Well, yeah, the dude's rich. I'm not doubting that, but I don't, I don't think the richness but equates I, to like the feat the, because he didn't go to the moon like the U.S. did. He just went up to space, and came back. He did come back. That's the one thing the U.S. didn't do and land in the same area. So there's that, I guess. But I don't know. But the difference being is whenever you're the U.S. in the 50s and the 60s doing this, and he did, he had the advantage of the science, the the fact that it's been done before. He had all those advantages. But when you're the U.S. in the 50s and 60s and you're throwing 4% of your national budget into this thing, you're also drawing the best scientists and the best um, workers and the best everybody into this program to do it. And he's literally doing this as a private company. Like, whenever you're a country doing it, you have the benefit of having, like, national pool and and all this stuff, and, and regulations on your side, and all this stuff, and he's like having to work around, like, what are the regulations for privatized space travel? Like, this was all created from anything that there is right now, is all created from the idea that his company was the first private company to send stuff into space. That's where he's the pioneers. It's like, there wasn't a private company sending people into space, or things into space. He hasn't sent people yet. But things into space. Weren't the Russians? Space wasn't sucks. there like a Russian company that was doing it? Because like, wasn't like Lance Bass <laughs> of all people? Like, he paid a certain amount of money to go up to space, like through some Russian thing, and then he never went or he went. There or was I, that was after SpaceX started. So, so like Russian SpaceX. But, well, but it, they also I don't so, think they ever actually made it. I think they kept promising people that they would take yeah, them to space. They did, and yeah. then and if they, they did, that was more of like a like a low orbit kind of thing where you go like extremely high up in the atmosphere where you're like kind of in space, but you're still kind of like on the earth too. Like that doesn't really count. It's not the same as going kinda, but I mean that's like based on that article that you linked, Todd Toodles, 
uh, Todd LinkedIn article. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, wait, yeah. Actually, wait, what, why, that, whatever. That, it's, it yeah. sounds like everything that we do in space is like not that far from Earth. The only thing that we really did was send um, probes out right. to take pictures and send rovers out and send them to the moon. Like that was it. You're right. right. Other than the intersolar system, solar system, intersolar system space travel. So the moon, probes to Mars and stuff. It all it is all in low orbit. I think what what Todd's saying is there's like, oops, there's the <laughs> there's that very bottom edge of low orbit where I think is what if the Russians were doing that that's what they were doing. They were just barely where you could call it space travel, but eh. but the first American, I read this in the article or in a article on the website, first American that they sent into space. They said he basically just did a high five with space and came back down. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I yeah. You. So I see. I see. I see. I see. I see what's going on. By the way, that article was a great find. Oh man, waitbutwhy.com. The guy who wrote that article. It's like a five piece article. Tim Urban. Yeah. Credit he, to him. Yeah. He does a lot of like he will just like say, oh, I don't know anything about blah blah blah. I'm gonna go spend three months researching everything to do with this. I'm gonna write up like a ten thousand long. Uh, ten thousand word long article and just like teach everyone everything that I found out. It's and basically what Todd did after he watched The Shining. Pretty much, <laughs> but the difference is, is that this guy's website is so cool and so good, and which do, it doesn't have a very large following, I don't think. But Elon Musk somehow stumbled across it, really liked it, and told the guy, "Hey, why don't you come in and talk to me, and I'll show you around SpaceX, I'll show you around Tesla, and I want you to write up articles about this and explaining why we have to do what we have to do and what we're going to do in the future." And, you know, you have a unique way of telling people about this, and I think that would be a good thing for everyone involved. So he got to go and interview Elon Musk and spend a week at SpaceX and Tesla, and he wrote up these insanely long articles about it. And these articles are what made me such an Elon Musk fanboy. It made me, you know, want to buy a Tesla and go to Mars someday. And, like, this this really inspired me, these articles. We should say that Todd is wearing his uh, Elon Musk fan club T-shirt right now. Man, yeah, where'd you I, get one of those? I, I want those. I wish. That's a sweet tea. One day. It's probably solar powered and it's going to save the planet too. It's biodegradable. <laughs> and you can use it to pay for stuff online. <laughs> Sick PayPal, PayPal reference. <laughs> and I I think, and it's funny because you do read the article whenever you, and it's because you're reading like what this guy's paraphrasing Elon Musk saying. He, he uses some like direct quotes in there. Yeah. But to read it, like I was reading it and I was getting pumped. Like Elon Musk has this way of talking yeah. where it's so like definite and precise. Like yeah. you're like, oh shit, no, we're going to Mars. Like, this is happening. Yeah, and the writer, Tim Urban, he does a really good job, too, of, like, taking these insanely complex subjects and, like, breaking it down for you. Sick podcast reference. And, like, simplifying it so that way, like, you can completely understand. And he, like, makes you, you know, uses, like, metaphors with, like, football fields and, you know, peas and cars and pennies and stuff like that. I mean, he brings the scale down to make it manageable for you to understand. It's, it's a really good read. So... Now we're at the point where Elon Musk has launched, well, SpaceX has launched and landed a rockets from space. They've gone to the space station. They've been contracted by NASA um, to do work for them, take stuff to the space station, and so on and so forth. And so now we are literally on the cusp of whenever this these missions to Mars are going to start. And so what's the problem with going to Mars right now? The problem is it costs $10 billion a person by NASA's estimates. Yeah. Ten billion dollars a person. That's insane. So if we want to go to Mars, we're gonna have to make it cheaper because there's no way it's gonna fly going ten billion dollars a person. <clears throat> and you make it cheaper, 
by doing what he's already done, the reusable rockets that cuts the price way, way down. And you figure out how to refuel in space so your rockets don't have to take fuel to Mars and back. The first few are going to have to until you find a way to make fuel on Mars, which this guy lays out is theoretically possible at this point Yeah, with what Mars has on it. So they, they want to start, and if I have read the article, understood the article correctly, the next Mars opposition, which is when Mars is closest to Earth, is 2018, and that's whenever they want to send the first rocket. Unmanned. Yeah. But the first one to Mars and back, or at least to Mars and then come back on a return trip, maybe the next opposition. Right. So that that is when Earth and Mars are the closest in yeah. their orbit. That's right. when they want to send stuff because it's, it's significantly about, closer. It's about three months, I guess, is what they have it down to. Yeah. So they can do it in three months. Otherwise, it's, you know... Yeah, when, what, what does it say? Like every 26 months is when the orbits like come together so that they're close or whatever? Some, it's something close to that. Yeah, the way the way they have it planned is that in July of 2018, they're going to send a Dragon spacecraft, which is their small like SUV-sized like mini-transport one. That's what they're going to use to send like astronauts to the International Space Station. They have a contract with NASA to do that. So they're going to send that to Mars with cargo in July 2018. And then October 2020, they'll send multiple dragons with more cargo. And then December 2022, they're going to send their new spacecraft to Mars, which... The best name ever? Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk has it... He's nicknamed it the big fucking ship, or the big fucking rocket, because it's gigantic. It's one of the biggest spacecrafts, biggest rockets ever made. And that's like their, that's like their big baby. They spent tons of time designing it, tons of money designing it, this is capable of taking hundreds of people to Mars at the same time. In theory. Or in theory. I mean, we don't know if it's capable. I mean, it could go on the launch pad and blow up. I'm just saying, like, everything's still a theory at this point until well, like, they yeah. actually send someone up there. That's, that's the thing about rockets is that you can't really... Rockets explode! Yeah, you can't really Post test it. Reference. Yeah, you can't really test it until you launch it. That's why there's, there's a little story in that article where SpaceX had money for four rocket launches basically at the beginning of the company and the first three rockets that they tried to launch they all exploded they had each had their own separate issue so it was all down to the fourth rocket and elon had like no money left basically so spacex was going to go bankrupt if this one didn't uh, you know launch right and he was having problems with tesla too at the same time so he was being pulled in both directions and the fourth one wound up launching correctly and then nasa like immediately gave them like a $1.6 billion contract. So they'll have to test this new rocket, and that's why it's unmanned the first few times so that they can test it and make sure that it works right. But the way it's designed is that it will launch, and then the big booster that takes it from Earth into the atmosphere into space, that will be able to be like a drone, and it will be able to land itself back on the planet. But then by January 2025, that's when the first people on that big fucking rocket will go to Mars. So January 2025, we will have people on Mars. And even if there's a delay, it's going to be like a, you know, like an 18 month delay. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're serious. It, it, it sounds like, and I fully believe that by 2030s, we will have at least one group of people on Mars, maybe not to stay there forever, but at least to land and come back. Like, yeah. And that's an insane notion. And I, so reading this article, I started getting like really frustrated because 
being born in like the 80s and growing up in the 90s was kind of the tail end of the excitement for like space. And it was because of the space shuttle program. Yeah. And I remember I was actually born two weeks after the Challenger exploded. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, it exploded in January of 86 and I was born in February of 86. And uh, from then on, it seemed like just people weren't excited about space anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and and I kind of sucks like growing up, like I loved the idea of space and I thought it was cool and I thought space travel was cool. And I mean, everything we have now, we owe to like the space race, like yeah. we owe to space technology, cell phones, better radio technology, uh, television. I mean, electronic toothbrushes. Elect- electronic <laughs> like, like, yeah it's seriously like everything literally everything computers are our computer technology thumbtacks i just made that up <laughs> you're probably not wrong though <laughs> yeah seriously you know they needed something to put the you know, stuff on the corkboard so it, it and i'm reading this article and i'm like why aren't more people excited about this and I, i've tar- i've tried to talk to other people about it and they just have like this kind of like eh, whatever reaction i'm like no we're gonna have people beings humans on another planet that's not the moon. Yeah, because like everyone grows up knowing, oh, we went to the moon in the 60s. Well, what did we do in the 70s? Nothing. What did we do in the 80s? Nothing. What did we do in the 90s? Nothing. Well, what have we done in the last 20 years? Nothing. You know, I think saying nothing is an understatement, though. Well, like, no. Hubble, but, the Hubble has like seen di- like stuff that we're never going to see. You're never going to send people to see all these galaxies and stuff. That it's, yeah, it's, but that's that doesn't do anything for space exploration. Like us as a society, like it's part of our DNA is to explore. And I think like the whole, like not like the whole depression of the planet, but like there's there's nothing left to explore anymore. Like we've explored every nook and cranny of this planet except for like the oceans. But I mean, there's like the Marianas Trench that no one's ever been down. Yeah, to. But, yeah but what are we gonna find down there? But that's just you, know? you never know. I don't know. <laughs> like the Pacific Rim portal, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah, we're not gonna find the Hollow Earth um, at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. You know, there's nothing dude, down there. Dude, journey to the center of the Earth, 3D, the rock. Hey, don't it. forget the world is flat. So do we even know if there's a trench? That's a cube, cube Earth. Okay, uh, let me ask. So you guys are into space? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Affirmative. Okay. Why'd you ask it like that and then answer like that? Because <laughs> like I've never been that big into it. Like uh, really? Well, because I don't. Know, it's interesting because like you know in the '60s, you know that that was when we went to the moon and that inspired allegedly. Like, oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you watch the uh, you watch the Shining. Um, no, but like that that inspired like everyone on the planet like that inspired billions of people and that was only from a handful of people that visited the moon they were there for like a couple of days and then they left this is about potentially anyone going to mars and living there that like that's within our grasp um the three of us recording everyone that's listening like we could all go to mars in our lifetime that's 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 something that's possible like the people in the 60s that was them watching astronauts like trained astronauts go to the moon like you didn't think, oh, I'm gonna go, right? I'm gonna go to the moon, or maybe but, maybe by like you know the year 2000, I might be living on but, the, on the moon what colony. Is, what is one Todd Mitchell going to do on the moon once you get there? Well, the moon, nothing, because we're not going. Sorry, the Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um, it well, I mean, like like here's the thing that here's the thing that that just has always gotten me. Like I understand when Elon Musk, his whole thing is saying we need to like spread out and like move, like advance, like yep. let's go and spread out and do other shit. Like, that's cool. But, like, and here's where I think a lot of people that don't like space, it kind of hangs up on them. So, um, it took us, you know, we went to the moon. What happened? What happened at the moon? Nothing. Basically nothing. Any, right. So, we go to Mars. What's going to happen? In theory, this stuff's going to happen that he's saying. But, really, what's probably going to happen? Probably not much. It's going to well, be really hard. It's going to... And the thing is this. It's like, by the time 
that me and you could actually go to the moon, we're going to be like 70. Because they said by, I think he said 2050 is when he wants to have a million people on Mars. So just that thought alone is like, well, by that time, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I see like the the propagation of our species. But like, honestly, to me and to you, wh- what does that concern but us? That's, you know what I mean? Well, no, but that's the point, though. Okay, so... Okay, so maybe it's maybe for us it's not this huge thing where like maybe we'll be able to go, afford to go to Mars whenever we're sixty. That'd be kind of that'd be a fun vacation, you know. It's, if it's if it's pretty guaranteed to be safe and not not a whole lot of like uh, like ways to die, that'd be pretty fun. I could do that. I'd rather go to that than go to like fucking Iceland. Like, dude, Iceland's pretty dope. Though. I mean, it looks <laughs> cool, but Mars looks way cooler. Vikings, you know that face. You don't want to go see the face on Mars. I seen it in a book, <laughs> but it's not. It's not what's gonna. It's not. It's not sixty years from now. It's not a hundred years from now. Two hundred years from now, we could either be landing on Titan and terraformed Mars. Did you hurt yourself over I there, buddy? Hurt myself you get a too lot, excited? Actually, yeah, I hurt my thumbnail so bad. <laughs> Go ahead, fish. I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 power, I'll power through this. Two hundred years from yeah. now. <laughs> Josh wouldn't do well in space. We're no, gonna no, go ahead he wouldn't. He's a big he's baby. Bad, bad Mars, oh Mars person God. here. Oh. But in 200 years from now, we could be living on multiple planets. But that's that's. But it has to start somewhere. The 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 aggravation, the frustration with the moon and the moon argument that you brought up is nothing happened. Is we excelled so fast and so like confidently and and so well in in nine years. You know, from when Kennedy told us we were going to go to the moon to when we actually got there. And he explains in an article, you know, it was a big, like, dick measuring competition between the U.S. and Russia. And it sounds like like that's exactly what happened is we got there and Russia was like, oh, well, no point. And Rios was like, oh, Russia's not trying. We're good. Let's let's pull everything back. And it was like, but we were so close. We were so, like, if we would have kept pushing, like, we could have been on Mars already. Like, we could have already been there. True, but, like, I mean, so, okay, we got people on Mars. So then we have people on Earth and people on Mars, like... Okay, then what was just the, another place to live? What was the point of going from Europe to the new New World? I, honestly, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I, that's the thing. I wasn't hey, alive back then. Hey, I, I I know how much you love America. We got America out of it. <laughs> okay. What do you think we'll get on Fair Mars? Enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, new, America? Th- new America. There's there's a there's a cool part in the article where he says. Uh, you realize that Neil Armstrong calling the moon landing a giant leap for mankind is not the correct wording. Landing on the moon is in the same category as putting the first man in space or the first person climbing Mount Everest. It's a great achievement for mankind. But if the first ocean animal to touch dry land simply lay there for a minute before being washed back into the ocean, (laughs) it would not qualify as a giant leap for life, and the moon landing shouldn't either. It's only when certain mutated fish begin to live on land in a sustainable way that life as a whole made a giant leap. It's colonizing Mars permanently that will be a giant leap for mankind. I get that, but if you go by that logic, then nothing is ever the first leap for mankind because there's always something more to keep going. Well, that's that's exploration. Right, but like... But then how? But then how do you measure like like that kind of metric? Like how can you say like this is going to be great for mankind? I mean you don't know because like that could just be we could get there and it could be like Matt Damon the Martian where like he's fucking this sucks you know what I mean like. But that won't happen though because that was that was one guy. That's the whole point of having one million people because there's there's they need a sustainable colony. You need at least a million people to make sure that you have every possible job covered. That way you can have like the the genetic diversity needed. Because you need a million people on Mars not just to say, oh, we, we have a sustainable Mars colony. It's in case anything ever happened to Earth. Because there are literally an endless amount of things that could happen to Earth that could destroy the planet and destroy 
our species, including and, things we're going to do to ourselves. Right now, let me let me throw this out there. Um, so we all know people, especially people with money, because it's going to cost three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, like for a ticket just to go up there. Um, we all know people are assholes, right? People who have lots of money tend to be like they got that way for money for money they got that way for a reason so like they're going to try and continue to make money so let's just say all these people go up to mars how are they going to govern all those people to like actually do their job and help the colony instead of like branching off and being like well fuck you guys i'm going to be like spain mars instead of new america mars you know what i mean like how 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 is that not going to be an issue that's something you work out along the way like like when it, when they were sending people to the new world to america before it was the uh, before america they weren't concerned about like well how are we going to govern this how are we going to govern that the important the first step was getting there and then you work that out later and it's not just going to be spacex once spacex takes off and they start sending people to mars and they start making money off of it not that spacex is going to pocket the money they're just going to put it into more r&d but once they once other companies see that oh that's actually something that you can do other companies are going to start doing this nasa might start doing it the European Space Agency might doing it. China's going to start doing it. Russia's going to start doing it. Like you're going to have other people up there. And Mars is a big planet. Like everyone's going to want their own separate spot. Is it Mars smaller than Earth? It is, but it's but that's fucking still huge. Pretty big. Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And I guess the, the exciting thing for me, uh, and it was reading some of the stuff what he was saying is I I love the thing where he's talking about it's it's along I think it's in the same part where you were mentioning where he was like this isn't just a we're going to go there and hey it's cool like this is the like this is colonization and this is what you have to do i think it's good that we have a guy like elon elon musk on the forefront of this cuz he doesn't want to be like a politician or a king he could have done all this stuff like he could have been this guy that that would once we got to mars be like all right it's mine now like my company my yeah. mars he's not going to be that guy he's going to be the guy that once things start he'll be there to help sort it out if he needs to if he needs to have his hands in it but he's and i think that's a good thing because a lot of guys who have this power who have this drive would get to mars and they'd set up everything and they'd be like all right this is mine you guys will pay me and i'll pump it into my pocket and we'll be good yeah and what you said earlier about why would people want to go the first people that go it's going to be like it's going to be millions of dollars to get a ticket to mars at the beginning you know 15 years from now if you want to go to mars it's going to cost you millions of dollars because you know, the, co the cost of any new technology is outrageous. So at first, only rich people will be able to go. And just like when America was discovered, that inspired a lot of people to go explore because we all have this, like, exploration spirit in us that want to go, I go on adventures. All. I'm definitely not that. No? <laughs> I, well, there's, there's a lot of people that are. Not everyone. I'll give you that. But even no, if... No, you know what? But I bet you are because I bet you play open world video games. No, actually, I hate them. Oh well, then <laughs> those Jesus. actually not not to derail it, but like Grand Theft Auto and all those like open sandbox things, I cannot play those, dude. I'll play them for like thirty minutes and really? I'll never play. Well, them then again. you do not have the exclusive. <laughs> I'm and, stuck on Earth, baby. Anyway, the people that go at first, those will be the rich people, and they're gonna know. Okay, if I go on, I spend all this money. Like I'm gonna sell everything on Earth. I'm gonna go make a new life on Mars. They're gonna know. Okay, if you're going, we're gonna put you to work, and you're gonna have to build, help build, you know, these these fuel factories. You're gonna have to help build, you know, you know the the habitats and everything. But then, as they do more and more trips, as SpaceX is able to build more rockets, as they're able to send hundreds of these things at a time, the cost is gonna get lower and lower and lower. And Elon wants to make it less than a hundred thousand dollars a trip to go. 
per, per person. Per person. And that seems high. That seems like, oh my God, I can afford like a $25,000 car. I can't afford a $100,000 ticket. Well, people buy houses. Like there's financing. You will be able to finance this. And there are going to be companies that start on Mars that will say, hey, if you come to Mars, we will fly you to Mars and you can work for us. And then part of your paycheck will just go to reimbursing us for your, your flight out there. So you can, there, there's going to be jobs. Indentured it's gonna, servants. <laughs> that's a, that, you know what? It's, that is funny. That's, it sounds funny, but that could be, that's going to be one of the things where we're going to need someone like an Elon Musk saying, Hey, whoa, no, no. Like they're they're We're going to, we're going to get with the governments of earth and we're going to figure out some, like, we can't have that happening. Like, we can't have slavery on Mars. It's just not a. It's not a good. Yeah. Well, if you it's go back to the comparison of leaving England to come to America, that's exactly what happened. That that is exactly what happened. And and look, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of led to other bad stuff. So I don't know if that's the best route to go. But <laughs> but we're also, I I think, look, it it is a very optimistic view because the the idea is that people who are gonna yearn so bad to go to Mars are going to want to go to create a better society, to create a better world, right? So I would hope that the people that are going to Mars and the people that are in, like that are kind of guiding this whole thing are in the same mindset of we're trying to create something better. Like there's a lot of problems on earth, there's a lot of things that you know, people are just sick of dealing with. So like if we're going to come up here, why don't we try to do it right? And there's not always a perfect answer for everything. But space travel and exploration in general is all about optimism. It's all about trying to find something better and, 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 and newer and, and learning things. It's about learning things. And you can't learn things if you just go to a place and then you're like, all right, now I'm going to do it exactly like I did it back home. Yeah, and there's a difference too between like, like if NASA was doing this and they said, okay, we need a million people up there in the next 30 years. Well, we can't get a million volunteers. So we're going to have a draft and we're going to just randomly select people to go to Mars. Like if you just had people like sent up there against their will, they're going to be pissed. Those are going to be like criminals. And those are people that are going to get in, that are going to get into trouble. Those are going to be like the scum of the earth people that you're going to get. But when you're paying a lot of money to go to Mars, when you're paying to restart your life and try to build something like I don't see too many of those people like causing issues. Those are people that are going to want to work together to try to make that to make that sustainable, to make that work. In theory, come at me. <laughs> uh, basically, what Zane was saying though uh, about you know space exploration is all about optimism uh, and finding new things. Um, in my mind, that basically made space explorists, if I can coin that term. Uh, the equivalent to Apple users, because when that new iPhone comes out, you best believe you lining up in the Apple store for the new shiny. <laughs> I guess, and like some people, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I, like, like I don't know what to say to you, Josh. Exactly. That's basically what that is. Well, because like a, a lot of people made comparisons to um, Elon Musk and Steve Jobs, because Steve Jobs had like a big following of people that were like, you know, just like ultimate fanboys that loved everything he did. And Elon has that too. And there was. Um, I can't remember who it was. So I think uh, another politician from another country said something about like, like as a scoffing remark, said that people that love Elon, they're like, they're like cultists, kind of, where they just like follow his every word. But he's he's not like Steve Jobs, where he's just a figurehead that's saying, oh, we're gonna, do, you know, I, I I'm gonna hire a team of engineers and I want you guys to do this and this and this is the the deadline that you're gonna have to do it by. Like Elon's not just a rich guy; he's someone that's like extremely intelligent, someone that has a photographic memory. And when he realized, "Oh, I want to start up this company about SpaceX," he read like every 
book about rockets out there. Like he basically self-taught himself to be a rocket engineer, and he le- he knows everything about every rocket that SpaceX has designed. Like he can talk about it just like an engineer, and he's the same way with with Tesla. Like he is completely hands-on, and I think the only issue for all these like goals that he's setting on dates and everything, the only thing that could derail this is like if something happened to him. If, yeah, and if, he's, he makes that clear. Yeah. He says, barring my untimely death and someone running this company that is in it for the money, like if that happens, then this is toast. Humble like brag. this isn't, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Basically because his mission is so focused on exploration and colonization and not the other part, not the money part. Because if this all works, and he knows this somewhere in his in 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 his mind. If this all works, the money part's going to be taken care of. He's he's going to make bank. He, he himself he owns t- SpaceX, but he's not worried about that part. It, it's in there. I'm sure he he can and will think about it. But that's not that's not the number one priority. If someone else is running this company, that's the number one priority. Make yeah. as much money as possible. Yeah, and he wants SpaceX to make money, not because he wants to get richer, but just because he wants more money for SpaceX. And he, he wants, wants SpaceX them. to continue to Yeah, he want yeah, he grow. wants to pay their people. He wants to bring the cost down for everyone else because that's the issue with a lot of these companies nowadays with their CEOs. They take, you know, $30 million bonuses, but they never drop the price of their products. But SpaceX is continuously getting yeah, cheaper and more efficient. Yeah, that's why NASA gave them a contract to take the astronauts to the ISS because they're like 25% cheaper or 75% cheaper than any other company that's out there. And there's an issue with um, like uh, military contracts, uh, Boeing and uh, Lockheed. Lockheed, yeah, they have a company basically where they have like exclusive contracts to take up satellites for the military and they don't allow any other international companies to compete for those contracts because the military says, oh, we want an American company to have these contracts because of national security reasons. But they don't let SpaceX compete for those. And Elon went to Congress and complained and said, you know, I'm not asking for you to give me the contract. I'm just asking you to allow me to compete. because, Yeah, because I want to bring their price down. basically Rudy, you know. Yeah, because he's saying, I know I can do it cheaper. I know I can do it better. And it's not right that you're giving it to this company just because they've always done it because a lot of these the the i can't remember the name of it but the company that that boeing and lockheed have they give a lot of money to politicians they fund a lot of politicians careers and that's why they won't let spacex get a foot in the door but eventually if spacex continues to grow if they're the company that's putting people on mars then they're going to grow even more and people are going to let them do everything and anything you should become a lobbyist for spacex todd maybe i should be (laughs) maybe that wouldn't be such a bad idea maybe not Get your foot in the door Sorry, Elon Musk. Now there have been it. now obviously there have been fail, fail, failures. You've mentioned some of them. They actually just had a rocket blow up on them. The Facebook one with September, the Facebook right? satellite, yeah, um, September first. And there has been a little bit of a, uh, I guess you could call it war of words between them and NASA, um, as far as NASA saying no, it was something with your rocket, and them saying no, it was something the way you were doing things. Um, that's not quite cleared up yet. I think they haven't narrowed down to like a hydrogen port or something to that extent. Um, and there's going to be failures along the way. I mean, when he lays out the plan in this article, this is his literal best case scenario plan. This is what we want to do if nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Things are going to go wrong. I still think, barring uh, some kind of catastrophe as far as like just everything tanking or him dying, um, we'll, get, we'll at least get people to Mars by 2030. And I know in the article he says he wants a million there by 2080. 
he wants to, he wants people to be sustainable there by twenty thirty five ish. But I could see all that taking longer. But the key is is it's going to happen. That's and he he's pushing this for it's like happening. It's there's no there's no well if this no they're they're doing it. they're starting in two years and in ten years we'll have people on Mars in thirty years we'll have people living on Mars and in a hundred years we'll have people. A society on Mars, a Mars-based society. Yeah. So there's going to be failures. There's going to be delays. He's definitely one of those people who isn't a. All right, something you know, rocket blew up. We're done. Like this yeah. is it. He, um, the people in the company aren't like that. So, so I, it, it's happening now. The interesting part, and we've we've touched on a little bit, is like the people going to Mars. Because, like I said, I, my 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 hope would be that it's all people who want something better. Who want to create something good and, and nice? Yeah, but you're gonna get bad seeds in there. I mean, you're gonna get people who want to, you know, like what the Joker says. Some people just want anarchy. Yeah. You know? Um, I guess they'll have some kind of vetting process. I imagine to like weed people out because I'm I'm at first it's gonna be astronauts, right? I would assume the first crew would be would so be astronauts. It, I think it'd be like the second or third kind of civilian quote-unquote because they are still going to go up there and need to do jobs yeah so it's not going to be you're going to go up there and have a nice little vacation and lay out in the martian sun yeah like you're going to go up there and work so i, I imagine it's going to be in the, in some of those where we're going to start seeing maybe some problems with kind of what you were mentioning about josh about like things going wrong up there and people just being like no i'm doing me but <laughs> deuces <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, um, with with the cost involved like you're not just going to go to mars for you know a vacation. You're not gonna, you know, spend three months to to fly there. Although the ship sounds sick, it does. Yeah, that's part of it too. Is that Elon was saying like, if you're gonna spend three months in a ship, like you don't want it to look like a city bus. You want it to look like uh like a luxury cruise liner. Like you want it to be just completely pimped out. And a big thing for him is that everything they designed has to look futuristic it has to look nice like there's there's a reason it has to look like it's something that's in the movies you know like so, something that's that's outlandish and crazy so like, this this rocket that they're going to send people up there in there's it's the big fucking rocket the bfr and it was funny because all the names they tried to give for it mm-hmm. were like kind of cheesy and dumb yeah and i was like just call it the be like i'll be so happy if that ends yeah. up being the final yeah. name but it's the big fucking rocket on top of the big fucking booster with the big fucking spaceship well i guess the whole thing is the rocket then you have the booster and you have the BFS, the big fucking spaceship on top. Yeah. And that's the one that's going to hold cargo up to, what, 100 tons of cargo, 100 people. Um, it's going to have a movie theater. It's going to have all this stuff. It's going to be super nice inside. They're designing it already with this in mind. At first, it's going to take, you know, 10 people, you know, a ton of cargo, you know, and it's going to slowly build up. But they're already designing it to be this huge transport. But yeah, where it can take hundreds of people at once yeah, pl- from, plus cargo. From and the get-go, it'll have that capability, but yeah. they're going to work their way up yeah. to doing that. And it's going to be one ship at a time to start, and eventually they'll have like dozens of ships all leaving together at the same time. They're going to have like a... They, they, it's like a like an orbital fleet. Yeah. And so they'll you'll launch up from Earth, you'll go way in the, or, in the orbit, you'll re- get refueled by one of the drone ships, and then you'll all leave together to go to Mars for your three-month journey. And yeah. I'm sure like 30 years from now... The rocket technology is going to get better, so yeah. you'll be able to get there in probably like a month. You yeah. know, it won't be three months. When the guy, if you if you go back in some of the earlier articles that he wrote on this piece, where he's describing the power of these rockets, like just one rocket, it can lift like a hundred cars. Yeah, 
and these these are gonna have like seventy of them on yeah. it or something like that. Like that's just bonkers. Just that's just crazy. So I couldn't think of a ton of like sub segment fun thing to do with this one, be- just because talking about it's gonna be f- for me. It was gonna be fun. Yeah, talking about space in general. If you could go anywhere in the solar system, barring no no restrictions, technology was ready right now, and you could go anywhere in this solar system. Where would you go? Uh, well, I would say my top three. Mars is Mar- Mars is number one for sure. Uh, I think part of that's just because it's like it's going to be actually possible. So like that's something that's like within our grasp. But then like the two fun ones, like I would love to go to Io, which is a moon of I think Saturn, and that's just like a big gigantic like volcano planet. Mm-hmm. And like you wouldn't be able to do anything there, obviously, but it would just be like badass, I think, just to see like a million volcanoes just going off and the planet just be like in fire and complete chaos. Like that'd be great. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum is Titan, which is like a giant like ice cube almost, but that's the planet that ha- the moon that has giant oceans on it. That's the one that NASA wants to send probes to to go in like to crack the ice and go underneath and check out the oceans and see if there's life there because with that much water it's possible that it has life. So that would be great to go to. And they think it has uh, like thermal dynamics underneath it because they're that's the only way there'd be liquid liquid water that far out. So yeah. That's we have those uh extremophiles is what they call them. Uh organisms that live like on volcano vents and stuff um yeah. in the bottom of the ocean and they think uh that there could be something that would be so cool if they go down there and there's like fucking like Loch Ness monster type stuff yeah but well, um, and, and like mercury and venus are like basically impossible to go to because one they're too close to the sun so they're too hot and then especially venus like the atmosphere is like 98 percent co2 so that's poisonous and then it's got like 90 times earth's gravity so it'd be like impossible to move down there. Literally crush you. Yeah, and I think in the eighties, I want to say, a, f- a few decades ago, the Russians sent a probe to Venus, yeah. and it landed, and it was only able to be active for two minutes it before it was able to destroy. One picture. Yeah, it sent. Mm-hmm. It had, took like one or two pictures, and it sent them back. So we have a, a picture of what the surface of Venus looks like, and it's it's incredible. But Elon was saying in the interview that he did with Tim Urban that. In the future, at some point, maybe in a hundred years, maybe in a thousand years, but we'll be able to terraform those planets because that's what they hope to do to Mars. And maybe in you know thousands of years from now, we'll be able to live on Venus. We can just terraform it and change it to be livable for humans. And you were actually Europa. Europa is the one with the Europa. ice titans. The the one that's actually the one I want to go to. You would love Europa, Josh. It's basically a big hockey rink. <laughs> hey. It's an entire planet literally covered in ice. But do they have maple syrup? Probably. I mean... In the future, they Canadians will. Canadians are going to be there, I imagine. future has everything. The future has everything. Is there anywhere in our solar system you would like to go, Josh? Uh, Just give it whatever. I knew you were going to ask you uh, Honestly, this is coming from someone who doesn't even like the thought of flying over a large body of water. <laughs> Um, no, I'm good here on Earth. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I've never been. I'm not big into like space. I know like basics, and that's like all I need to know. Like everything else is just like fanciful for me. It's just like it's just so. But you love Babylon Five, right? No, <laughs> never. You never love Babylon it. Five? No, I've never seen it. 
Wait, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry if I offended anyone. <laughs> they don't really go sorry anywhere. If they, I offended they're, anyone. They're, just, they're just like in <laughs> space. That one guy who's like a big Babylon Five fan is like is losing his mind right now. <laughs> I thought I had two others. <laughs> How can you compare those? Uh, no, I just no, nah, never, never been, uh, never been my. You thing. never want to live out the Enterprise dream? No, no, no. I'm good. Wow. I like, I like my life here. See, well, I, I'm not saying you have to hate your right, life on but, Earth. But, but I was just, you know, when Todd was saying, oh, you can see all these volcanoes and shit, I'm like, I could just go to fucking Machu Picchu and see a volcano there if there's a volcano there's there. No, and, there's not. <laughs> no. I, I mean, you could, there's there's places on Earth where you can see that stuff. But it's on Earth. It's not It's not the same. Like, if you had lived in England your entire life in the 1600s and someone said, oh, we, Let me you ask know, you this, though. Let me ask you this. Okay. I hear what you're saying. But if I, if I said, Todd, I want to go on the Haunted Mansion ride. You can either go in California or in France. Which one would you say? It honestly doesn't matter. It's the same ride. That's what I'm getting at. You're seeing the same <laughs> volcano, same ice. No, shit. you're you're not though. You're not. It's totally different. It's like okay, yeah, I can go see the haunted mansion on Earth, or I can see the haunted mansion in like another dimension. That's like well, they're okay, they're there. two they're two totally different things. No, 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 no. I'm saying the haunt. Okay, so we're saying the same thing in two different locations, right? You're going to be mansion. inside the ride, so it doesn't matter. Is that what you're getting at? Right. I mean, yeah, that, and it's like, it's a vol- it's volcano. It's still volcano. the haunted mansion. You know what I mean? Ride. Like, I could see a very nice car. I could see a very old car that's also very nice, but it's like, it's at the end, they're both nice cars. You know what I mean? Like, it's volcano not, it's is volcano. It's not the same thing, though. It's not. It is not the same thing. Allegedly. <laughs> if there's even planets In or moons. No, there's definitely planets. <laughs> I guess. Just just flat planets, right? Just, You're yeah. one of those. I haven't even said anything about flat Earth. Where does that come from? <laughs> All about the flat, hollow Earth over here. <laughs> now, I ho- think it's ho- flat now, and hollow. Hollow Earth, that's a thing. <laughs> that's where the T-Rexes went. Well, because Brendan Fraser said so, right? Right. Encino Man. That's the more like journey to <laughs> I know. I just want to throw <laughs> okay. out Encino Man anytime I get. Well, you always should. No, stinky I, I, weasel punch. Like, I'm the type of person where I love my life here. I wouldn't trade my life for anything. But if someone said, "Oh, you have, you know, if you give up everything on Earth and to spend five minutes in space," like I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. Like I would love to go that, Todd, that, to go into that, space. Like Todd. Okay, Todd. Me and you, bro. Me <laughs> and you. But honestly, that is literally the craziest thing I've ever heard. No, say. it's true though because nothing will ever beat seeing the Earth from space. You know. I mean, hundreds you can, see, of miles that. You can see that in a Google picture, though. It's not the same thing, though. You get VR. It's like That's it's like for. it's like seeing a beautiful woman with the picture, and Whoa. then seeing a beautiful woman in your eyes. It's not the same thing. It's like seeing France in pictures, and then seeing France with with your own eyes. Todd, I've told you multiple times. You're in my eyes in, in pictures or whatever. You're still beautiful to me. <laughs> well, I'm not disputing that. But, the but per- I think the perfect um, and a lot of a lot of people laugh at me because a lot of people think it's you know they call it just a big hole in the ground. And whenever I was 13 and I went to the Grand Canyon, I thought the same thing. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then as I got older and I would look at pictures of the Grand Canyon, I couldn't really remember what it looked like because I went there when I was 13 and I didn't want to go anyway. So I didn't want to retain any like I didn't care. I didn't even look at the canyon. I like was goofing around like pretending to fall off a cliff. Um, so when you see the Grand Canyon pictures, you're like that looks pretty cool. That looks pretty. That looks you know nice when you first like walk to the edge and i did it as like whenever i got older and you see what it doesn't look real and that's it looks like a painting it looks it looks like one mm-hmm. of those movie screens that they drop to make the scene look bigger you yeah. know a matte painting yeah that's exactly what it looks like you think you're gonna find the, the line where it, it's gonna just not be there and i went there one time uh the the one time i went there by myself and it was raining 
on the north rim, and it was lightning and raining, and it was coming across the canyon at us on the south rim, and literally you could watch the bottom of the canyon just get darker with the, the rain, like the wall of rain coming at you, and lightning strikes going, and like it hits you that like this it, this place is massive. Like you you're watching a rainstorm approach you with no interference, and you're like you're seeing full bolts of light, and you're seeing from clouds to the the canyon floor. Like this is huge to have that experience on another planet to see the methane lakes on Titan. Yeah, we're talking lakes made of methane, liquid methane. We're talking about storms, raining methane. That's crazy. <laughs> we can't do that on Earth. I mean, I guess. Here's the thing. Okay, going back to... Yeah, I got you. But going back to Todd's thing about, you know, give up your whole life for five minutes on, you know... Uh, that's a personal experience, right? That is something you are experiencing personally, correct? Yeah. I don't really care about personal experiences. I care more about interpersonal experiences. Like, if we were just all in this room... Maybe not Chelsea, because she probably doesn't want to be roped in here with three assholes. But if we were all in this room, as a reference to Todd's girlfriend who's sitting right next to me, um, and recording a podcast, like that's what I would do. If I never saw the outside world, and it was just us three talking about random shit, whatever came to our mind, that's what I'd rather do than like go spend five minutes looking at a volcano. See, well, and, and that's great. And like I've spent you know all of my years here in the Valley. I've spent my entire life in Mesa. And like as soon as I got a car, like I started driving to you know like like yeah Yeah. well yeah but no like like i love going to payson i love going to flagstaff i love going to tucson i want to see something else other than what we have here and what we have here is great but i think most people want to experience something more than what they usually experience on a day-to-day basis and i think that we have an obligation to our species to make the push not just to mars but to other planets in the solar system, to other solar systems, to other galaxies, like we can't let our species die out. And if we stay on Earth long enough, it is a statistical guarantee that we will die out. And that's why we need a million people on Mars, so that we Mars can survive without any help from Earth if something happens to Earth. And something will happen to Mars. So we need to go to other moons, other planets, other solar systems. We have to branch out. That's what we do as a species, and that's the only way we're going to survive. Now, let me... Okay, I I can call this shit out, but I can't let this go. What does it matter to you that the species lives or dies? I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to live, I don't know, hopefully 150 years. I mean, you're still talking about old shit like this, like when we're sitting in rocking chairs. But, like, at the end of the day... What difference does it make if 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 people survive past Earth or like, you know, they somehow maybe they go into the hollow Earth and survive. But like, what does that what does that matter to me and you? Like, why are you thinking so far ahead instead of actually enjoying what we have now and making that count? Because we only have this much time here, right? That's true. So why are you thinking this far ahead? I've got three points for that. Number one, short term with the way we went to the moon, we dumped so much money into going to the moon. And we just talked about that a little bit ago. That made technology and made life on Earth better even now, decades later. Everything we have now is based off what we did in the 60s and the big push to the moon. I'll say new, we'll get new technology that we, can't, we, that we won't even comprehend because it hasn't even been invented yet. It'll, it'll make existing technology better. Uh, two, you and your wife are going to have kids, correct? Probably. You guys are probably going to have kids, right? right? Yeah. 
So you care when you have kids, you're going to care about the world that your kids live in. Correct. You are going to want your kids to live as long as they can to have the best life that they can. Correct. So your kids are going to have kids, too. Right. You're going to be grandparents. Aren't you going to care about your grandparents, too, or your grandkids, too? You're going to care about their lives. Well, your grandkids are going to have kids, and those kids will have kids. And it goes all along farther down. I I probably will not, A, be around when my grandkids have kids, so I won't care about them. I only You only care up to a certain point. Like, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't think that's true, though, because I, I'm, I don't think I'll ever have kids. But if I do, I want them to live in a great world, and I'm going to care about them. I want, not that I care about my, you know, my family's last name or anything, but I want the people from, you know, the, the Mitchell lineage to have great lives, whether that's now, 10 years from now, or a thousand years from now. Like, I want my family's line to be to be great, I care about how my family is going to end up. Whether or not I even know about you know this family, I, I care about them. And I think most people care about them. Let's uh, let's break it down this way, not to cut you off. Um, what's your favorite word to say whenever you're excited? Irregardless. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That you don't have a favorite celebratory word? No. Frosted nuts? No. Dope. Awesome. Dope. Dope. You say dope a lot. Maybe, but I kind of say it ironically, not because <laughs> like, okay, it's my so word. I don't let's know. Say, off the top of my cuff, I, I, can, I can't Let's you. say you say dope ironically. And then, so your kids are around you all the time. And so they start saying dope ironically. And then their kids do it too. And then their kids do it too. Imagine the world where your great, great, great grandkid is the first one to land on Titan. And they walk out of that spacecraft and they go, dope. That's a direct result of something you did a hundred years before. And whether you know it or not, or anyone else knows it, knows it or not, like it's going to mean something to that person that you're, that was descended from you. I completely understand that. I'm just saying, I just don't see where the caring comes in because it literally doesn't affect you because you will not be around. Here's, here's point three with the way medical technology is going. And you're going to call me crazy. We're going to do a breakdown episode on this, but I really do feel that in the next, 50 to 100 years, we will have the medical medical technology to edit DNA, to have nanotechnology, all any kind of other thing, but we will be able to live hundreds of years, if not forever, with the way that technology is going. So we will be able to live, theoretically, forever, or at least for hundreds of years or thousands for years. So it does matter. But that would be another negative thing, though. See, now that's something that we can talk about in that future episode. But if, let's say, we have the capability to live to 5,000 years old and we're still on Earth and I'm only age 3,000, I have another 2,000 years left, and then all of a sudden a comet comes and it's going to destroy Earth and, oh, shit, we never cared about Mars, we never cared about exploring the rest of the planet, now we're fucked. Now society is fucked. And I wish I had cared 3,000 years earlier. To better push that is you're 3,000 years old on Earth. It's a big trash heap now. It's... The air is the atmosphere is black, and you're just like, man, this fucking sucks. I wish I had a blue sky. I remember blue skies. <laughs> yeah, I, you I, know, I can understand that, but I mean, you're, ba- like, you're basing the entire point on a what if statement. Like, it's what not if what if we though. Can it's forever. Big, that's that's going to happen. Whether or not it happens in our lifetime, something like that will happen. With the way te- technology is progressing at an exponential level, I just that's that's going to happen. I, I hear you, but it's really hard to say that when cancer hasn't even been solved. All these diseases have not been solved. When year after year we're funding all this research money into it and nothing's happening. But don't don't you care about not that you're a tree hugger, but don't you care about the environment like on Earth? Like don't you say, you know, well shit, I maybe 
maybe I should... In the re- short term, sure. In well, the long term, like I said, no. See, though, but you should care. Like, you should say, like, when you go... Like, I don't think you ever go camping, but when you go camping, I do like, go camping. okay, but like, do you leave just a shitload of trash everywhere and say, well, fuck the environment because I'm going to be dead in 60 years? No, no. you pick, you pick up the trash. I leave say, it the way I left it. Yeah. Because you care about that space because people here for the most part, whether they do enough, they care about the environment because they care about leaving a good place for their kids. Well, leaving a good place for your kids is making sure that, you know, 10,000 years from now, when earth is destroyed or farther down the line, like that's not the only thing. That's not where all, oh, oh shit, earth, earth is down. I guess that's the end of the so species. I'm, I'm confused. Are you saying my kids are going to live 10,000 years? Cause then I would care, but I think they're only going to live like, like 80 to a hundred years. And I don't think which, it should like, matter whether they live 80 years or 10,000 years. You should care about your kids. You should okay. care about the future. But of the, let me of say the species. this. Okay. You want to continue the species and everything. That's fine or whatever, because you don't want future generations to come across hunger and stuff that will happen here on earth or, you know, you can't walk outside without getting fucking irradiated or whatever. But what about the people here now that are suffering over in other countries? Like, why wouldn't we focus all our energy on them to make their life visible instead of imaginary people in the future? Yeah, but that the problem will not be around when we're around. It's not like you can't. You can't. It's not like you can't do both at the same time. Yeah. You can't, it's not like you can only. Well, we we either we can either only do one thing or we can do this thing. We can't do both. We can do both. That's why it's great that Elon is doing this as a private company. Because he doesn't have to worry about you know solving world hunger or solving or yeah or diplomatic issues or solving taxes. He's got a singular focus. Well, really, two with Tesla, but with SpaceX, that's the company's only goal is to get someone to Mars and and to to make it cheap. We're getting a little little far off. I guess I just want to add one more thing because to your point, yes, we should be striving to make this world better, the current one, in in coupling with the space exploration idea. But that, like you're saying, that's not, Todd, that's not Elon Musk's job. His job right now is getting to Mars. The governments of the world, their job should be making their lives better for their well, citizens. Should be. Well, yeah, should that's, be, but that, that's my point. Like, like if NASA was saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to spend, you know, a hundred, you know, fifty billion. Fi- okay, <laughs> five, <laughs> five. I'm thinking of an astronomical number. Five hundred billion dollars to put people on Mars by 2034. Then you would be pissed, rightfully so, and say, "Well, why are they spending that money when they could be putting that towards schools, or they could be putting it towards, you know, you know, making this better, making that better?" Like this is why. I don't think it should be the government's responsibility. It should be on private companies. Private companies should want to push this. I because think now we've. Tra- I think we're starting that transition into into what it should be. It's privatized, with maybe just a hint of government. You know, influence, influence, oversight, oversight. Maybe yeah, yeah regulation. You know, kind of like the car industry. Like if the government was making all our cars, it would be a shit show and it'd be a waste of money. But yeah. we have private companies making cars with just a little bit of government insight, oversight. Um, and I think that's where we're heading. I think this is the start of that transition and it's, it's probably for the better because of those reasons, because now we don't need to spend 4% of our budget on NASA because we have SpaceX. We don't like, when are we going to stop spending, you know, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get, no, that's a soapbox. I don't want to get on that. (laughs) So that, that's what it comes down to is his job right now is to get us to Mars. And that's an awesome thing. I think. And I think it's something that's going to benefit the entire globe because whenever we're doing great things and making huge leaps in exploration, like that has this like weird kind of pull 
that brings like like countries to get like people together like because then we can be like you know what it's not just great that these u.s astronauts are doing it. it's not just great that these chinese astronauts are doing it it's great that like humans are doing this and the whole world can be like no that's like we are human that's a human that's a human on mars like they're gonna make that connection because it's a very simple basic connection and that instills just a lot of like I don't know is the word special a thing, but that instills a lot of pride in your species to be like, that's awesome. You know, it's like the first ape that used a tool to get ants out of a, a, a like anthill, like that uh, other apes were like, that is genius, man. That's awesome. We can all benefit from that. That's it's the same concept of us going to Mars. It's going to, it's something that hopefully can help just, all of us be like, you know what? It's kind of cool that we're humans. It's kind of cool that we're going to Mars, and it, you know, like yeah, because like in the '60s when the government said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna put people on the moon by by this date," people were like, "Okay, you know, that's that's cool. You know, I'll believe it when I see it." You know, they were cynical. And today, when you hear about, "Oh, we're gonna have people on Mars by 2025," yeah, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Especially in today's age when. We know we've gone to the moon, but we haven't done anything since then. We're cynical. We don't believe it's going to happen. We won't believe it until we see it, and for good reason. And but when when you watch CNN and you see that the rocket takes off to take that that is loaded with people, and they're going to another planet, and we're going to have people on planet, and not just to visit, but they're going to start a colony on another planet. Like that will be the single biggest thing that's ever happened in the history of this planet, and everyone is going to watch it when they land. You know, whoever is the lucky person to step off of uh, the rocket to land, to you know, to put their foot on Mars, that person will go down in history as the first person to ever walk on another planet, just like Neil Armstrong. Like, this is going to be a huge event that everyone's going to watch. And that's going to be the real turning point that's going to change everyone's opinion on this because people, then people will get on board. Then people will start to say, well, shit, maybe I should start saving up some money. Maybe I should learn blah, blah, blah skills so that way I can go get hired by a Martian company to go you know live and work on mars like that's going to be the turning point. by percentage the moon landing is the most watched live television event in the history of television and granted it happened you know 10 20 years into television people having them the mars landing will be a million times that it will be bonkers and it's going to be one of those moments in history you know and i don't know why it keeps coming back but like a 9-11, everyone was watching that Tuesday. Like a moon landing, everyone who had a TV was watching the moon landing on the planet, not just America. Everyone who had a TV was watching that. This will be one of those things where every single person on the space station, on the planet, under the water, whatever's happening, <laughs> <laughs> aliens, aliens, if you believe them and they're watching us, are going to be like, holy shit, these guys did it. Like, look at them. That's yeah. good. Or, like, about time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you know, there's the big TV screen in Times Square. Like, everyone's going to stop walking, and they're going to watch the screen in Times Square. Everyone's going to stop what they're doing to watch this monumentous event, because this is, like, the first big step into our future, into, the, like, the next stage Could you imagine of, of if humanity. they had some kind of television whenever, you know, explorers were landing on the New World? Like people in Europe would have been going, they were going nuts for that. They were waiting three months to get word back that they actually found something, you know, like yeah. Europe was enraptured with this idea that, Hey, there's like, there's a place over there. Like we thought it just kind of, and no, there's a whole nother, a whole nother thing. The Vikings were like, yeah, we, we figured that out a couple <laughs> hundred years ago, but you know, just saying coincidentally also three months. 
<laughs> that is, the time period will have to wait. True. That is a beautiful insight, Josh. <laughs> that actually that actually was good. Father, pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I my my final thought. Oh, you what? What plans would you would you go to? Oh yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> to get back. Sorry for derailing. <laughs> yes. I, wow, I, I, we went on a thirty-minute segue. <laughs> my plans were Europa, the ice planet yeah. moon. Um, that just sounds fucking cool. Um, Mars isn't in my official three. I just want to go see if that face is actually there. You know, the one from the seventies. I want to see what that thing was. The if one, it was just a pill. The one know? from the hit John Carpenter movie, Ghosts of Mars. Exactly. <laughs> Hits a strong word. <laughs> um, uh, so Europa, Titan, because I want to see. It, I mean, it has a dense atmosphere. It's basically like an Earth, but it's like has methane water. Like that's nuts to me. Well, liquid methane, it wouldn't be water. <laughs> and then, and then um, Pluto, you know, just kind of pour one out for it, you know, and feel yeah. bad. And to see Earth from that far away, like Earth would look like this, a small star on Pluto. It does look like they'd send a picture back from it. Yeah. It looks like a, a little blip. Um, I am a person who thrives on positivity and optimism. I like to think the best. Um, I do have the realistic side. I do have the... Um, the pessimistic side uh, every once in a while, but when it comes to things like this, it's a redundant phrase, but humans are at their best when they explore because they discover. And when we discover, we learn. And when we stop exploring, we get stagnant and we just sit there and we, we fight over land and money and these things that you talk about things mattering. Like, what the fuck does it matter if you have, you know, a hundred acres or that your border is an inch off? Like it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. So I would rather if something's not gonna matter to me in the long run, I would rather it be something that's advancing just just knowledge. Because Okay, that okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that that makes sense. You you're the first person, no offense, Todd, or James Bishop, to say something that logically makes sense because if that, if that says anything we as humans are at our best when we're learning things and knowledge is power knowledge is true power there's fake power and there's true power and true power is knowing things and the reason dictators and governments would stop people from learning is because of that exact line right there because the more people know the more dangerous they are holy shit dude have you guys seen dr strange yet no, that is exactly no. what happens to Doctor Strange. Look at that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and I've seen the movie. That's funny. Um, so that's... It's not what's going to be happening in 60 years whenever we might be able to go to Mars on like a once-in-a-lifetime vacation. It's what's happening in 200 years from now whenever our great-great-grandkids are the first ones to land on Titan or we there's a baby born on Pluto. Like, this could happen because of this first step. It's... It's in, in this first step's going to happen in our lifetime. We didn't think it was. We thought everything was dead up until 14 years ago. Like, I thought space travel exploration was dead. I thought it was Star Trek, and that was it. You know, that's it. Like, I, I was like, we're just, we're not going to do this. And now I have hope for it. And now it's, I'm going to see it happen. I'm going to get to watch the first person step on Mars. That's so exciting for me. Like, there's, a couple of exciting things in my life. Getting married and my, watching my daughter be born are always going to be one and two. Watching that person step on Mars, barring me having any other children, 
and the great watching the great things hope my daughter is going to do that's going to be up there like i'm going to get to see a moment in time that's not negative live on tv i didn't get to see uh the moon landing like i said the challenger blew up before i was born and everyone's kind of shit on space after that like i got to see some rocket launches live on tv but they weren't doing anything they were going around the earth like that didn't do anything. I'm going to get to see this positive moment on live TV of something I never thought would happen. That and what it's going to unlock technology-wise, knowledge-wise, learning-wise, that's awesome. And that's going to happen by 2030. Like, my little girl would be graduating high school and there might be someone on Mars. Hmm. That's crazy for me. It is crazy. Like, if you talk to someone that was alive in the 60s, they can tell you exactly where they were when Armstrong walked on the moon. Like, everyone knows where they were. That's 9-11. Everyone knows where they were when they first heard about 9-11. It's going to be the same way about just watching someone, you know, walk on Mars. And in 100 years, people living on Mars, it's just going to be a common thing. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, maybe after college, I'll go move, move to Mars and I'll open up, you know, the first pizza parlor on Mars. And the thing that sucks is all my moments like that have been these devastating negative moments. I came home from school one afternoon and Columbine was happening. I woke up one morning and 9-11 was happening. You know, I, I wake up daily to CNN and some bomb blew up somewhere that killed 80 people. And like now it's happening so often that like it's noise. Like it, it's not doing anything. You become numb to it. We don't get these. Yeah, we don't get these positive, good things happening. And this is going to be that thing. I think that's why I'm so in passion to it because I want to see this because there's not going to be anything else until we, this happens. Like I, I'm the one person who's clicking on CNN whenever probes are landing on asteroids, because that's the closest I'm getting to it right now. Like that's cool. That's a cool picture, but it's one picture and there's no humans in it. It's a bunch of rocks. You know, I get excited whenever they send a release new pictures from curiosity, but it's just, a bunch of rocks. There's no humans there. It's. It, I know it's cool. I know it's a huge feat, but it doesn't have the resonance of a person stepping there, because I can. I know what it's like to step on something. So whenever that person lands, and they're like, "Hey, this feels kind of like when the astronauts land on the moon," and you listen to those recordings, they're like, "Yeah, it feels kind of weird." You know, we can jump. They they hit a golf ball. Like I know what that stuff feels like, and I can use their description and imagine it. Like I can. Imagine being on Mars, and at some point, I'm going to be able to go there and do it. But this has to happen first, and that's why I can't wait for it. Did that kind of wrap everything up? I think so. All I right. think you hit it right on the head. All right, guys. Shameless plugs. Um, oh, shameless plugs. Yeah, if you guys like more fun stuff, <laughs> funny, um, they, got a, we, they got a podcast, Todd and Josh versus Movie Pod. Versus movie podcast versus podcast.com versus podcast.com. Um, they do a hilarious thing. They take two movies, they fight them against each other, see who wins. You know, it seems like half the time the wrong movie wins, but oh, we're not going to get into <laughs> that. We've done enough debating so far. Hot takes. <laughs> Todd, where can we find you on the uh, interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at TG Mitch. That's T underscore G underscore M I T C H. Josh, you got that Twitter running? No. Someone weird added me on Twitter and I thought it might be you and they had just the craziest name like it started with a V and I don't know. No, nope, I was like, me. that's not you. Okay. Check out the podcast versus podcast.com. All the links are there. And uh, if you want my stuff, 
ZaneSimon.com, ZaneTalk.com, TheBreakdownPod.com for anything related to this, at TheBreakdownPod16 on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Next week, we are our next episode, we are doing NFL Draft Bus. So something on a little bit lighter note, less existential. And I don't know, that's kind of depressing, too. <laughs> only if we're talking about Jamarcus Russell, or who's Matt probably Liner. my number one. Oh, boy. We'll find out next week. Vince yeah. Young. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, this was the Breakdown Pod, episode two. And uh, keep on keeping on, guys. Let's get to Mars. <laughs>